You're listening to Two Guys, One Album with music insiders Michael Heideman and Paul Farber. We are two music experts. Green Experts is pushing it. Taking on the greatest albums of all time. Uh, it's a little subjective. Song by song with careful analysis. All right, I wouldn't say careful. Look, we're having fun with the songs. Two guys, one album. Welcome into Two Guys, One Album. Mm-hmm. With... I didn't get in on that. <laughs> <laughs> we can try it again. No. Two guys. Oh, okay. All right, go ahead. Two guys, one, one album. album. Sorry, uh, I might have messed you up on that. I'm sorry about that, Too Paul. Much. No one cares about the intro. They want to hear... What's we got going on this week, right? Goddamn right. Well, we, this is your host, Michael Heideman and Paul Farvar joining mm-hmm. us. I can't even give you your name. I'm, I'm so sorry about that. What's that? I was going to let you say your own name. No, that's fine. You, this, is, this is your show. This one is your show because you picked this album and, uh, and uh, there's going to be a lot of discussion, I, I think, uh, about this album. So, okay, okay. Um, so yeah, you're right to keep talking because you are super excited about this one. So. I can't believe you're not more excited about this album, to be honest. Well, this is an album that came out... Um, I missed the cut cutoff. My age is like right when I... You know, this this punk, power punk, popular punk yeah. crap came out. Like I didn't get in on it because I was already uh, already committed to my... My '90s grunge. So you're saying you were too too old for this album? Too, too old. young. Oh, what's your age again? <laughs> <laughs> and with that, we're going to be talking about our, our album for the day. It's Anima of the State by Blink 182. Their popular album came out on June 1st, 1999. It was produced by Jerry Finn by MCA Records. Put it out. Oh, and what did they? withhold in their grasp but one of the greatest pop punk albums of all time this is uh, this is an album that shot them through the mm-hmm. megasphere and not only that in a way they almost became the beatles of pop punk because they revolutionized the music because after uh. this think about this though <laughs> that were there not a lot of copycats that came after them once this album came true, out true but you got to remember that that producer jerry finn also produced green day and that's people will say green day kind of were the grandfather of this whole movement, so per se, in a lot of ways. Although interesting, I don't know. Well, you know, it's, it's it is interesting you say that because at that time, Weezer, Blink One Eighty Two, and Green Day were all just trying to just do that turtle race towards the finish line, mm-hmm. and it, it depends on who you know came out first, who had the biggest crowd. But Blink One Eighty Two definitely hit a nerve when it came to the amount of people that were right. paying attention at this time. Well, Blink One Eighty Two came after Weezer and after Green Day, and they're a different sound. I mean, they're clearly you're right. They created this this manufactured power punk corporate pop. Is, is what I would call it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny, um, when they came out, I didn't like them. I thought they were kind of douchebags. I'm not going to lie. I, they were on MTV. I was like, ugh, these songs are so stupid. But later in life, I, I had a, I had a p- appreciation for them. But, you know, they're a great band, uh, and they deserve the credit that they, they get for creating catchy songs. especially. And I like the songs that they've created recently. So yeah. My first impression of Blink-182 was these guys are garbage. 
<laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Well, at I was, least I was like an old guy being like, "Come on, this isn't punk." The Clash was punk. Oh, that's yes, that's the yes, sound. Yes. So, and that was what they were up against a lot of the time, and they needed to kind of get the blast right. through that kind of stigma. I suppose they actually came to their their height. During this, uh, during the release of their sophomore album, Dude Ranch, which happened in 1997, and the rock radio hit "Damn It," if you remember that mm-hmm. old that gem, um, and then that actually, and then that kind of brought them into the attention of Jerry Finn, who put out Green Day's album, like you mentioned before, mm-hmm. at Dookie in 1994. Right, and you know they needed to do almost a Beatle-like thing of change their drummers from that sophomore album with "Damn It" to turn into more of a of a progressive, forward-thinking drummer who could keep time and also create not only a sensibility of their their pop punk past and have a guy that was a lot of peas mm-hmm. alliteration on that but have uh somebody who could give them the commercial uh aspect which was travis barker mm-hmm. as opposed to their old drummer and i can't remember his name at it doesn't the matter moment. he's not on this album <laughs> oh We're yeah talking about the album scott rayner was their original drummer yeah but travis barker came into into play and he came from the aquabats so they already had this calif socal punk sensibility and just blew up overnight Yep. It seems almost so. And they had three hits that came out of this. But let's let's go through the album. Mm-hmm. And uh, and I, I got to be honest with you. I actually haven't heard this album all the way through. Really? I've only heard the hits. And maybe like if it was playing at a party, I might I wouldn't be able to tell if I did. But I want to I hear your explanation of the deep cuts. Well, here's song number two. Well, we, did we talk about Dumpweed already? That first one that you brought Oh, you want to talk about Dumpweed? Yeah. What what the what is that song? <laughs> it's Dumpweed. Okay, hold on. We'll, we'll put pause on song number two real quick. You can't quick. skip the intro. You're <laughs> the one that made a huge fucking deal about how important the intro song on an album is. It's very And you true. didn't even talk about this one, which is the album you picked for us to discuss this week. I, 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 I actually even closed the... Uh, <laughs> I know you started the show with Dumpweed playing in the background. But I like, dumped on the weed. Yeah. Where's the hook in this song? When does that come in? Listen to that awesome, trebly kind of <laughs> guitar part that Tom DeLonge puts in there right there. So right away, you're hit with Tom DeLonge's vocals. And if you haven't heard this man before, right there, it's something totally different. I remember there was a time when they first put out What's My Age Again, and they put out that music video, and they were talking to their... What's what's it called when uh, the guy who creates the music video, the concept for it, the, the conceptual artist for the music video, video. He, he goes... You know, when I first heard Tom's voice, I wanted to make it all about Muppets because he thought it sounded like a little bit like a Muppet. His voice? Yeah. So that's Tom singing that Mark? I thought Mark Hoppus also sings too. Mark Hoppus does actually sing okay. a, a lot of But not on Dumpweed. Not on Dumpweed, okay. no. And he, this is an amazing song for so many, so many different reasons. But this song, the one thing I'll give them credit for is their songs fulfill the obligation of being under three minutes. All of them are like in and out. Yes, you're right. Except and, one, maybe. And so you were mentioning the fact that a lot of people were against them, thinking of them as a traditional pop punk band. But damn, do they really hit that three hit minute mark, which is right. synonymous with classic pop punk. Or any pop songs for that matter. So yeah. let's uh, let's fade down so, Dumpweed for now. Yeah. Also, the names of the song Dumpweed. The second song is Don't Leave Me. Don't Leave Me. Let's hear it. Okay, let's Who sings this crap? <laughs> <laughs> this is uh, this is your buddy Mark. 
It sounds the same to me. Okay, and then here, here it kicks in. See, yeah. the, the tongue-in-cheek uh, lyrics that they create, it's just, it was a perfect time when nothing seemed to be going wrong. It was 1999. We were all partying. Wasn't uh, cl- Was Clinton in the office then? Yeah. Yeah, so everything was going okay. <laughs> and well, here's the thing. I, I, I am a big fan of vocals and good lyrics. These lyrics are just funny, and they're just like tongue-in-cheek, like you said, so they're not serious. So that's why I never took them seriously when the, first, the album first came out. Now, again, when I, when I later was in a cover band covering them. I was like, okay, cool. These are cool mm-hmm. songs. They do have uh, intricate parts, and the harmonies were pretty cool for a song that's, you know, only two minutes or whatnot. But yeah. that song, Don't Leave Me, meh. I could, <laughs> I could go either way with it. I mean, it's two two minutes, 20 seconds. So Yes, it, it's... It's like a pee break. Pretty, <laughs> pretty simple and easy. And, you know, before I go into uh, the stories that I have about the past... You know what? I'm going to go into him right now. I yeah. suppose. What I, was your What was your love to "Don't Leave Me"? So "Don't Leave Me" and and this album is particular. Is this going to be a story about you and a lawnmower again? <laughs> okay. As long as this doesn't that nice throwback. If you want to hear that story, go back to our Weezer's Blue album. <laughs> yes. And you can find all about my lawnmower tales. <laughs> but this one was when I was first starting to play guitar. There was nothing more cherished than an easy song. And man, these songs sure. were four chords at most. And if you wanted to learn pop punk guitar or guitar in general the learning of the power chord was made for the beginner guitar player from this album and i and i thank blink 182 to this day for helping me learn how to play the guitar because these are the songs that i was going through left and right when i was trying to learn the guitar well the the, it is hard though to keep track of keep keep time on these songs too because they're so fast and uh and uh, being a rhythm guitarist that I was in, in cover bands, it does, you know, it's hard to keep time. Yeah. It's hard to keep time on these songs after a while. Good thing that they're only two and a half minutes, but yes, I mean, you can see, I mean, when you listen back to shows that I, I played in in, uh, in my cover band, you could see we sped up the songs, we slowed them down, mm-hmm. it's, especially during the chorus and stuff. It's really hard to keep the BPM beats per minute. minute but. So they came out with an, a live album a few years later, and the if you think these songs are fast on the album, on that, they were amped up at oh, least yeah. 10 speed, because you can see when you're in that live atmosphere, Travis Barker is one of the, I mean, no one can deny and I want you to write us in if you disagree with me, but Travis Barker is one of the greatest drummers of all time. Nonsense. He, I completely disagree. He is. Write us in. <laughs> write in and explain to to our friend Michael here. Please. That, no, he's not. He's good. He's a good entertainer, mm-hmm. and uh, he brings a lot to the table. I'm sure he helps create a lot of great songs, but pure drumming capabilities not even in the top 10. I saw this man spin around Tommy Lee style doing a drum solo oh, dear Lord. in Milwaukee, Wisconsin a few years ago. Okay. And it was the coolest thing we've ever seen. And I also think that he actually held the drumming record for the the highest speed on a snare most drum tattoos. for <laughs> most tattoos. And most tattoos. Surprisingly no face What's tattoos. What's this record? Though. What is it? Speed what? 
What did I say? Oh, yeah, you said. Oh, that. speed speed of snare. I think that, I'll speed look it up real snare. quick. Again, write us in if you if you de- okay. if you deny this. And so, again, if if anything, we are very very accurate. Oh, and here, yeah, we're n- we're nothing if we're not accurate here. That's our <laughs> that's our motto. But let me ask you something. Mm-hmm. So you picked this album. Yes. And this is what this is a problem I have with a lot of bands. 2000 and on their hits are obviously their hits but the 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 deep cuts don't really do anything for me okay so and so far you haven't really uh made the argument for how these two songs have gone by so let's hear okay the next one is aliens exist now we're getting into the, the meat of it so let's go on with Blink oh this is a deep cut indeed aliens exist huh i wonder what this song is about I mean, it's the same pattern. And I, I do see the Muppet thing now that you talk about it. Was that Tom singing there? That was Tom. And the harmony was Mark then, or is it Tom and Tom? Well, let me... It, it sounds like it's double vocal for Tom. Tom, yes. I can see the Muppet sound there. And, and you know, it's funny that you that you wanted to get into this song a little bit, because this is a little <laughs> bit of foreshadowing. This album came out in 1999. Now it's 2018. Almost said 17. Uh-huh. Jeez, this year's going by so fast. But Tom DeLong, if you haven't known, has left the band, right. has left Blink 182 to start an alien exposition. He's starting a company that is diving into what we know as UFOs. He's mm-hmm. trying to un- unearth these kind of um, experiences with with governments and and conspiracies. So he really, this song was the catalyst. If you it say, was in in starting a new business endeavor for him. You know, I thought it was such a. I thought it was you would a think funny that the joke. first song, Dumpweed, would have been something like, "Hey, we need to figure out. <laughs> we, we, we should create like a shitty weed coming from." <laughs> Just like a sodding company, we should create some fertilizer. I'm, I'm glad Tom has been uh, <laughs> inspired. Yes, he, to move on. His new company, To the Stars, is actually a really. It's kind of taken off. They've gotten uh, government officials who have joined on with them. They have a, they have more than enough investors who are trying to create this company, and you can buy merch on their site. So who knows? Maybe it, maybe he's going to unearth all the aliens that we tried to find out over these years. Well, good luck, Tom. We wish you the best. I love all right. You, well, that song doesn't really do it for me. Okay. Um, it, it's catchy again. Catchy songs, weird lyrics. You didn't even hear the chorus. I did. We got into the chorus. No, that was we did not get into. We got into the the all intro, right. and that was it. Play me the chorus. It's gonna blow my mind. Okay, give I mean, me- they're still catchy songs. They're, they're, I mean, it's like bubblegum pop. Yeah, well, that's what they're good at. Here, give me two seconds, and I'll play you, you that chorus. You, I'm you find us this chorus on Aliens Exist. That's gonna blow my mind. The best part about Blink One Eighty Two, I probably know exactly where it is. Give it there two it seconds. No, this. <laughs> uh, here it comes. Oh look, CIA. Listen to this They're drum already part. talking about insider jobs before 9-11. There's a pre-chorus right here. No, that's kind of the chorus. That was it? <laughs> okay, here it comes, though. No, you're not, Tom. You're going to go on to create a great company. Oh, jeez. 
The sound of that orange amplifier, too, it just blasts through. It screams San Diego. It screams San Diego, where, in fact, they recorded, partially recorded most of the, the album that they created. I can feel the surf surf sound on this. <laughs> this is an album where just nothing is wrong. They've run out of problems. It's just bad weed. Do aliens, aliens <laughs> Do exist? Do aliens exist? And what's I don't my, know. What's my age again? Yeah, we're not there yet. We've got to get to, oh, here's one, Going Away to College. That's the next song. I wonder what this one's about. <laughs> Well, it's got a deep, probably underlying theme. Yes, it's, it's underlying. very deep. You think cranberries were deep? Going away to college. <laughs> this is the exact opposite of Counting Groves. <laughs> and I'm looking at this great Jenna Jameson photo, too, on this That's album not Jenna cover. Jameson. That's Janine. Janine who? Janine. Oh, uh, you're right. You're right. It's not Jenna Jameson. Janine. What's Get my porn name? stars mixed up again. Yeah. It all, always happens. Janine L- Linden Mulder. But she just goes by Janine. Linden Mulder? It's just Janine. Probably better to go by Janine. I bet this was on a lot of mixtapes in 1999 for kids that graduated. Absolutely. College or high school in 1999. You know that this was blasting through at least one or two convertibles <laughs> driving down Sunset Boulevard. The Barons, Miatas. If, in fact, it's funny you mention that because I'm pretty sure that this is one of the underlining songs to amp up American Pie, the music, uh, oh, yeah. the movie that came Which out in the 90s. that time, yeah. Yeah, so you know what? Don't hate on Blink-182 for wanting to go away to college. Listen, all I'm saying is they have their hit songs. Three great songs came off this album, maybe two and a half, I would say. But like the the deep cuts, no one, they're not, they don't play these songs. Do they play them at the concerts? Oh, yeah, they do. Absolutely. I guess they have a lot of time because they're all like two minutes long. (laughs) Like, all right, we just did five albums in an hour. (laughs) We've got another 30 seconds. Maybe we should cover some Dave Matthews. I don't know. They'll do, like a, they'll do a Dave Matthews song in three minutes. Satellite would be like a minute and a half if they did it. Blink-182 would not play Satellite for one thing. If for one thing, it'd be Ants Marching, to be honest. <laughs> Ants Marching is a long song. Well, you know, the, the other cool thing about Blink-182, and I know you're going to, you're no, I know you're going to deny me on this, but this is an album that you can play all the way through. And we've spoken about this before. There sure. are a lot of albums that you can play all the way through. I think it's under an hour. And it's 35 minutes. And it never stops rocking, though. That's the best part of it. There's no sad songs until we get to um, Adam's song, I think. And yeah. Then we kind of just blast right through that. The and beats per minute on this are way fast. The, it's, the BPMs are probably like a 220. It's super fast. <laughs> I agree with you. It's a high energy. If you want a 35-minute workout, this is, the, this is a good album. 35 minutes. You're going to hit up the elliptical later on. Yeah. This, this is the one you want to put on. Super fast. All right. So we got this next song right here. What do we have coming up, Paul? What's My Age Again was the number one, the first hit off this album mm-hmm. uh, that was released. And MTV had it in heavy rotation, I believe. And I think that Janine Leinenkugel was in this music video as well. <laughs> Janine, the, the porn star. Yeah, I, I was a big fan of her. And I think after this, she kind of went mainstream and, and only did girl on girl porn for a while. Mm, so, how do you feel about that, Paul? Uh, I'm not a big fan of girl on girl porn. <laughs> you need a guy in there regulating things. That's my opinion. It's just not, it's like the classic pop punk versus uh, post pop punk. Yeah, just, I'm basic. Okay. I'm going to play a little game with you here. How many, in your opinion, or your guess, I don't know what I'm even saying anymore, take a guess on how many watches What's My Age Again has on Blink-182's main site. Uh, it's I'm on using, YouTube? It's on YouTube, yes. 32 million. Oof. 
half of what it really has. 61,723,494 views. Wow. That's okay. how many people are rocking right now, Paul. And that's because Janine was in that. I bet that's probably a big part of it. Probably. Get with it, Paul. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I will how, say... How can you not love this song from the get-go? I agree. They're running naked down some street in California. I took her out. It was a Friday night. It's funny to think that at the time that this music video came out, this was seen, deemed as controversial, like them running naked down the street, and people were kind of freaking out that this was a big deal, and then playing n- naked as well. Hmm. How times have changed. Now it feels like every music video they're naked, like people are naked. You have to be. It's the only way to be. I had this poster on my wall the moment, I think probably in 1999, through all of high Which school. poster? The cover of the album? All of them standing uh, bare-ass with their guitars over their... Uh, well, didn't the Red Hot Chili Peppers do that, too, before that, with their socks on their dicks? Yes, they did. So, I mean, it's almost like a... Yeah, like kind of a tongue-in-cheek or a sock or and dick a kind of... <laughs> copycat move is what I would call that, even though I'm not a Red Hot Chili fan. Okay, so you're this defending is a, Red Hot Chili Peppers right in now. In this over. case, yeah, they stole they stole the idea, but I'm not I'm not going to hate on Blink 182 because I actually do like this song, and I was in a cover band called Go Tom, and uh, our drummer Joe really wanted to play Blink 182, and I was like, oh, I hate them, and he brought this album in, and and we we learned how to play. We didn't we ended up playing all the small things instead, mm-hmm. but um, but this is such a catchy song, and that's when I was then I got a I got a new appreciation for Blink-182 and this was like probably a year, two, a year after the album That's, so, but this is a great song it's dead on it's dead on and that's so funny was Go Tom about Tom DeLonge? no it, ironically it was uh, it was a band Go Tom was a name of a, a kid we grew up with in, in Oak Brook man I'm gonna get sued for this but um, <laughs> well you are a lawyer yeah well so that's his name his yourself. name was spelled it was spelled totally different but it was pronounced Go Tom Go Tom and uh, so we changed it to a play on words of just go Tom, mm. and uh, and that's where we came up with the name. We need actually we had shows before we had a name for the band, so that's why we came up with it. And we were just a pure pure cover band. We did two originals, and we're like, no, covers are way funner. They, they are they are a lot of fun. And from what I remember, I was I will say that back then this was probably two thousand to two thousand one. I was inebriated um, for every one of those shows. <laughs> <laughs> to the point where I blacked out. What was your drink of choice back then? Back then I was drinking Captain Morgan's and Diet Coke. Or I think I was a like Captain and Coke, just pure Coke back then. Cause I yeah. Was, yeah. I was uh, still skinny. That that can kind of sneak up on you, to be yes, honest. Yes. I was, I was a drunk mess. But the bands were fun. And that was one of them. And we did cover all the small things. We'll talk about that when we get to that. But um, what's the next song? Dysentery Gary. <laughs> Okay. What's the what's the backstory on this one? <laughs> I love this band so much for their tongue in cheek attitude when it came you to keep music. Keep saying tongue in cheek. What does it mean? Because they're kind what of are they poking, making fun of. They're poking fun at the fact that there's a lot of bands out there that take their music too seriously. Again, I'm gonna I'm gonna compare them again. I know people get upset anytime you compare any band to the Beatles, but this was the way that they oh, were kind of approaching God. their their way. I mean, when they would be interviewed, it wouldn't be about, oh, you're so good to be so serious about my music all the time. And I would wrote this song about the stars and the sky and, and how it's happening. I don't know why they have English accents. These guys are from California. But the fact that they were able to just, you know, 
be fun when it came to music. I really enjoyed that. But isn't dysentery some sort of serious problem that people have? <laughs> yes. It's like a diarrhea, a diuretic of Yeah, dysentery, diarrhea. it comes from drinking bad uh, bad water down in the Gulf of Mexico or something like that. Okay. And so I think, did they have a friend named Gary who they named this after? I think they'd have probably had a friend that probably shit himself a lot, and that's okay. why they, did, they wrote this song. Paul, you don't know how many memories this album is bringing back right now. Just for those wondering, the common uh, symptoms of dysentery are mild stomach pains, frequent passage of stool or diarrhea, and they present the symptoms present one or three days after whatever the issue was, after the week. So, um, poor Gary is all I got to say about this song. I wonder if there is an actual Gary. We I, That's the one thing I forgot to look up. Is there a dysentery Gary? You know, but they, this song comes down to it, and they just said what m- meant a lot to me as a teenager. Girls are such a drag. And, you know, when it comes down to it, when you're writing a song, you got to get to the heart of what you're writing about, and that, that hit home. As I had my knee-high uh, pull-up socks to look more like Tom DeLonge and my <laughs> fake lip ring in, I was I was feeling him on this. Um, we're wrapping through this album pretty quick. We're already at 24 minutes. Uh, let's blow through this next song. Adam's song. Adam's song with the saddest song on the album. Jeez. I didn't remember this song until today when I listened to it. And this is a music video where it's about a lot of photography. There's a lot of pictures on the wall, if you remember. Take yourself back when you're about 16 years old. And you know what? Another thing is, why did Blink-182 always play their instruments at their feet? Do you remember that? That was a cool way to why? That was cool back then. It, it, it's really guitar straps. Really hard to catch play. On. <laughs> Very hard to play. But they were only strumming. You didn't have to really do a lot of lead parts. It's a lot of strumming. Even their guitarist played with, or the bassist played with a pick. Yeah. And Travis Barker played with a drum near his shoelaces. So weird. <laughs> so this was a sad song. I think there's a lot of ties to suicide, and this was their this was their serious song. Every band needs to have an acoustic song or something that means a lot from the heart, and this was their song. And and uh, Adam's song, great, great song. Gave them a lot of commercial success as well. But let's go right into it. Like I mentioned before. Yes. They knew how to keep the album going with this hit, All the Small Things. This is such a good song. Mm -hmm. Making fun of all the old MTV music videos, if you remember the the music video they put out. This is when TRL was very big. Yeah. I'll tell you when my harmony part comes in, if you guys want to wait for it. (laughs) Here it comes, right here. Just... Here it is. Always, I know you'll be at my show. <laughs> I don't think I got it right. <laughs> I think that was perfect. Oh, here's the harmony too for the nanas. It's pretty hard. Carry me. Na 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 na
It's like a row, row, row your boat type thing. Great song. Great, great song. I it, agree. And best it carries song on the on album. Best song. And you know, if, if there ever is a cover band that you see uh, throughout Chicago or anywhere, if they blast this song, it's going to get a party started. This part's really cool. My harmony right here. Here it goes. Work sucks. I know. Wow. I can hit those high notes in my falsetto. Man, I'm so upset I couldn't see Go Tom in their prime. Great song. I could listen to this all day, but we can't. No. So, on to the next one. Let's go to the other <laughs> deep cuts. The party song. Oh, I wonder what this one's about. You know this one. The fast song. About with the girl with green eyes, blonde hair. Okay, well, we gotta wait for this, uh, for the chorus of this one then. Man, I remember, you know, this makes me, all it makes me think is trying to speed to Marion Central High School and being late. It being 8.05 and I need to get there by 8.10. <laughs> driving to Woodstock. Ugh. This is called the fast song? Well, I, this is what you I used to know it, it as. And then I saw her standing there with green eyes and long blonde hair. She wasn't wearing underwear. At least I that she <laughs> Come on. And, we're, and you're going to say that uh, Dolores Reardon wrote some good songs? This These is the songs, you can't even put them in the same category. <laughs> What's the next song? Mutt? M-U-T-T, number 10. Mutt. So uh, let me, quick uh, sidebar about the party song. It was actually the last song to be completed. Uh, and the three were mixing this song, coincidentally, when the lead single, single, What's My Age Again, premiered in Los Angeles, K-Rock. And they were writing this song. And this this was one of their last, like, it was like their swan song, I guess you could call it, the party song. When, when they already knew they made it, they're like, you know what, let's just party. So let's go to this next one. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed that explanation. This is Mutt. One of their longer songs at 3 minutes and 23 seconds. They had a lot to say about this dog. <laughs> if you remember this song, this was on the opening of American Pie 2. They had two songs. And I think the first song that I mentioned was actually on Can Hardly Wait. And this was on oh, American okay. Pie. But this is so funny because I remember listening to this song when I was 16 and thinking about the one day that I'll be able to shave and and how Based excited I was going to be. Yes. Oh, this is really, really throwing me back. All right. Let's go to the next one. This is Wendy Clear. I mean, honestly, at this point, it's just the longs. It feels like a lot of the songs that blend in together. Like, I feel like they're like, listen, guys, or their producer, their manager was like, listen, guys, we only need two hits to get to the album, the sales. <laughs> really? The rest of these songs, just make them all sound the same. It's okay. Um, just make them good. We don't need a hook. 
We just want them to be fast. And your little Muppet voice is kind of catchy after the fourth song. Just keep that up. I wish I would have never told you that insight. <laughs> but yeah, they're just all kind of like blending in the background. There is something to say about knowing what works and sticking with it, though. Correct. But they knew that the rest of the songs were not going to be hits, is what I'm saying. You think Coldplay one day will create a pop punk <laughs> album? No, they're like, we're going to sing sad, sappy songs for the That's rest fine, of our days. But pop is going to work. Pop is, the, is the, the common element. And the songs that had hooks are clearly distinguishable from the ones that are, are not. And mm-hmm. that's the difference between an album like Counting Crows or The Killers, where there's a lot of songs that didn't get uh, commercial success, mm-hmm. but they were still had they still had the hooks. And on these albums, my argument is that they don't have the hooks. But I mean, they're still catchy in their own little way. If you're a fan, I could see. Yeah. But as a non-pop punk, as an outsider to pop punk, meh. Only the hits will see the decipherable thing is the three hits that were hits. I can listen to it like, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm gonna listen to those again. Mm-hmm. But these songs like Mutt, Wendy Clear, Don't Leave Me, and Dumpweed <laughs> or Aliens Exist, unless I'm like an insider, or yeah, there's a something to do with it. Eh, Th- that's interesting. You know, I feel like you didn't drink the Kool Aid, and that's why you aren't into them. Because, right, when you when a lot of people were coming up with these bands, we were kind of fashioned towards not wanting to listen to Britney Spears or Christina sure. Aguilera, and that's why we were drawn to these kind of bands. But if you miss that mark, then you might not have been into it as much as no, other people. No, but the thing is is that they are, they're, in a lot of ways, they're a lot similar to those pop songs mm-hmm. or of that time because they have the hook. Mm-hmm. And those songs that had a hook, I mean, all the small things... Anyone listen? Nobody can hate that song. I, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I maybe there are a few people, but like as a non Blink One Eighty Two fan, that song's awesome. Yeah, and I hear it, I love it, and even the same thing goes with what, What's My Age Again. It's a little annoying, but it grows on you. What about the song Anthem? Their last song on the album it sounds a little like. A- A lot of songs about your parents not understanding and <laughs> you being pissed off as a young teenager. Teen angst. Teen angst. I think he humped the dog. Gosh, these lyrics are so they're good. so trite. So good. No, they're dumb. <laughs> making us stupider. I'm thoroughly enjoying every single bit of this album. Let me give you a little bit of quick insight before we give our ratings. Enema of the State was enormously... Sorry. I'm so excited that I can't even... I'm above myself. It was an enormously commercial, successful album. Though the band was criticized by Paul Farvar and synthesized, (laughs) manufactured pop only remotely resembling punk and pigeonholed as a joke act due to their... They are a joke on, act. On their singles. Yeah, well, this is some lyrics, people say. They, all, they joke. You just said it yourself. Tongue uh, in cheek. I mean, come on. They they have a lyric where they're talking about humping a dog. Yeah. So, I mean, Among other ones that we've already covered that are dumb. I think, you know what? And the funny thing is, I think they have more than three songs that are about humping dogs. Yeah. So it, that's just I the think the limit is zero on how many songs <laughs> you can have about humping dogs. I'd like to see Coldplay create a song about humping dogs and be as popular as Blink-182. Oh, fuck Coldplay. We're not even reviewing them. It's irrelevant. <laughs> if Okay, if Kanye West wrote a song about humping a dog, it would be commercially just... It, the people would be like, that's genius. He would do it in a way that would make it interesting. <laughs> he would come up with cool words instead of saying humping. You, well... <laughs> 
besides that, this catapulted the band Blink-182 to become one of the biggest rock bands of the turn of the century. What's My Age Again? All the small things. Adam Song became hit singles, MTV staples, creating so much airplay throughout the radio <laughs> world. Uh, it has an extensive impact on contemporary pop punk, like I mentioned before, and it has spawned generations to come. This is one of the greatest albums. Generations to come, yeah. That one makes of the, sense. One of the greatest albums in modern existence. If you're going to put it down to it and you're going to ask people just guilty pleasures, this will be at the top of their... It's not even a guilty pleasure. It's just a pleasurable album, in my opinion. And we didn't even touch on the fact... Here, I, I disagree ahead. with you. It's a pleasure. It's a pleasurable album because it has three pleasurable songs. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. You can do your. You want me to do my rating? No, I was gonna. I was just gonna say we didn't even touch on the fact that the band went through so many different types of sounds, and now Tom DeLonge isn't in the band. Matt Skiba from from uh, I was gonna say Blink One Eighty from Alkaline Trio has taken over Tom DeLonge's part, and actually. The newest album—interchangeable. <laughs> well, that, that's a good point. The newest album, actually, um, that they put out with with Matt Skiba, is the first and only album that they were able to secure a Grammy award. Oh wow! After all these years, I no really Tom. Mean. It is, and Tom is. I very actually happy like the though. song on the new album that that they're playing on the radio. I, I like that song a lot. What song um, is it? Dog humping? No, it's not. Oh, that is absolutely not what it's called. <laughs> uh, California. Is it called California? I think it is called California. That's a, that's a really good one. And um, they got back to their roots, and I think that no matter what they do, in my opinion, as a, as a lifelong Blink-182 fan, they, they can't do any wrong. And for that reason, I think I'm ready to give our uh, our rating here, Paul. Well, let me give mine first, because okay. I think yours is going to be completely different than mine. <laughs> um, my rating, as you know, our rating system is based on 11, which is the Facebook equivalent when the, you can no longer see the names of how many people have liked it or yes. whatever. Is that right? Am I using it right, millennials? Yeah. So it's it's you're, you're going up to 11 likes on a Facebook post, and that just shows you that now you have 11 likes instead of the per- person's name. Piece of name. So I'm going to give it... Four likes, three hearts, Ooh, okay. and two thumbs downs. <laughs> Specifically for <laughs> the Mutt song lyrics, Dumpweed, and Don't Leave Me. Wait, are those the, and the, aliens the heart, exist? Those are the hearts or the thumbs those down? Those are the thumbs downs. Okay. So they still count as an emoji in essence. Okay. So maybe, you know what I'll do is I'll change it to three hearts for the three songs that I really liked, um, two likes, and then three thumbs downs. Okay, three thumb. Oh, you, wait. What's the new rating? You you give it more thumbs down now? No, I mean those are the the total comes to seven or something okay. like that. But okay. three likes. I mean the total likes is the three the three hearts. Okay, okay, three. Yeah, three. And hearts. then one or two likes. Let's just go with, and then the three thumbs. Wait, down. every time I think you're, I think you're giving. I'm it not good at math. You're going down I'm not good at math. each time. It started out higher than you are right now. It, listen, there's a lot of this one's a really complex album. <laughs> there's a lot of shitty songs. There's a lot of average songs. So okay. I'm gonna give those likes. Mm-hmm. There's songs that I think should be deducted points, almost like a figure skating thing when they fall. Mm-hmm. And those are for the lyrics of humping dogs and and songs about aliens and whatnot. <laughs> but then there's songs that are beautiful and yes. are amazing. The three hearts I give are for the three hits that deservingly are hits mm, mm, okay no dog emojis huh I, I think that's getting too complex okay <laughs> well that's i mean What's that's your fair. review that's very fair like we talked about there there are differing albums that we can agree on and, and disagree on this is one we disagree on for my rating of blink 182's enema of the state 
I'm going right out of the gate with 10 likes. Wow. Ten you likes. like everything, though. I, I don't do think, like I everything. <laughs> just 10 likes, straight likes. Because there is so much more to an album than I feel just the straight up songs. And I'd like to be subject, subjective as far as um, what we were listening to. But the fact that, you know, I learned how to play the guitar off this album, <laughs> that I went to Bl- Blink 182 was one of my first concerts before. I kissed a girl at one, my, one of my first kisses was at a Blink 182 show. Okay. Um, I'd have to give them 10 likes. And then I'm going to give them the smirky face. You know what I mean? Oh, the yeah. guys are kind of like, me. Okay. And then sunglasses face. Okay. And then just for you. You can only have up to 11. So yes. total has. That's so right. is that of your likes? I'm, I'm giving them, them emojis now. Oh, okay. I, emojis count as total towards your likes. So we can't have total. You can only have up oh. to 11 total. Okay. Um Okay, so then, then I'm going to stick take away one of your likes. Sunglasses, okay. uh, that, and then I'm going to tag you. <laughs> I'm going to tag you on the album, and that's what I want to do, and that's, I think, is what I'm going to stick with. Ten likes. Blink-182, you deserved it! This was a great album. You did good things, and it only, only better things came from it. This is the stereotypical album that had great songs that were hits, and everything else is like, eh, we, don't, we just call them in. <laughs> All right, so this is... The latest album of two guys, one album. Um, we just took a look at Enema of the State. If you agree or disagree, write us in. You can find Paul at paulfcomedy at jive.com. Yeah, that's okay. That's my website. Paulfcomedy.com. You can find me at chicagomichael.com. You can find our website in, um, in motion. <laughs> we'll create it one of these days. And for Michael Heideman and Paul Farvar, this is two guys. One album. Your daughter's 